And welcome to another episode of the Buy Your Side podcast, the property podcast to help you make smarter property buying decisions. My name is Michelle May, and I am the principal of Michelle May Buyers Agents here in Sydney. Now, as the year is coming to a close, it's nearly Christmas. I just wanted to leave you with my top 10 tips if you want to be a property buyer in 2024. There's going to be a bit of a downturn. People are going to be on holiday, but you can never get ready too early. So, Listen up. My first number one is do a financial detox. Really look at your spending very carefully and see what you can do away with for a few coming months. Because when you come to put in your financial papers to the broker, they'll be looking at every single thing that you're spending your money on. And in order for you to maximize what you can borrow, you've got to be smart about what you're spending. So do a financial detox. Do you really have to have three Uber Eats in a week? Now, I know that it is tough out there, so I'm making a joke, but I understand that we don't actually have a lot of disposable income. But just think about where you can shave off a few dollars here and there, and you'll be surprised how much a difference that will make in terms of your borrowing power. Now, the second thing I want you to do is talk to a broker. So instead of going to the bank that you've been banking with since you were a teenager or your bank, your mom and dad are banking with, really talk to a reputable broker. Now, like in all professions, not all brokers are made equal. It's really important to pick someone who actually understands you as a buyer because some brokers will specialize in people who are self-employed. Some will work with a lot of first home buyers who are using one of the grants. If you're a single parent, do they understand who they have to talk to in order to get you the best possible deal and for you to be able to be eligible for these grants? So make sure you get a good broker. If you are unsure how to find one, because really Patricia from the hairdressers down the road and your cousin Nicholas, who you haven't seen since you were 15, may not be the best referees. They may have only bought one property in their lifetime. So if you want a really good broker, do get in touch with us. My team and I work with a team of brokers. And let me just say that I'm completely independent. So I would only recommend someone because they're excellent at what they do. And we see a lot of mediocre and very much subpar brokers out there. So if you want a, a recommendation, I can certainly put you in touch with a number of really good brokers because it's really essential that they understand who you are as a person, what you're trying to achieve from your purchase and, and get you the best possible deal. Now, point number four or number three, actually, why are you buying? Have you actually asked yourself that question? It may be as simple as that you want to get out of the rental market. Renting is really tough. It's You don't have a lot of uh, security, but Think about also your the length of time you want this property to last for. Who do you want to be buying with? Are you borrowing from your mom and dad? Is it a gift? All these kinds of questions you really need to be asking yourself before you make the decision to actually go ahead with it because it needs to make financial sense. I always say that if you are if this property only has to suit you for the next 5 years or less, then it's probably not worth buying because the cost associated with purchase and then again with selling are going to far outweigh the actual benefits of any capital growth, for example. So then you actually might be better off renting for that period of time. So do your numbers and just find, just really question with yourself why it is you're buying and whether it's actually going to suit you. Point number four is research the sold section of domain and real estate and the big portals to find out what you can actually afford 
with the money that you can borrow? And does that match your expectations or your needs? Because if they don't, if it's quite obvious that you want to live in Merrickville and all you can afford is a studio or a one bedder and you're a family of four, then something's got to give. So are you going to be able to get more finances by way of extra jobs or gifts or grants or anything like that? Or are you going to move elsewhere to get a property that's suitable for your needs? So researching the soul chest section is something I find incredibly valuable. We do it all the time to get ready for new searches because that's the most accurate picture of the market as it is as close to possible as it is to today. Hand in hand with that point five is listen to this podcast <laughs> and get yourself prepped and armed with um, some knowledge. I, I hope that my episodes help you think about things that you hadn't really considered. You simply don't know what you don't know. But I don't know if you're aware, but I also used to co-host a podcast called Sydney Property Insider. And the episodes are still on all the major cast portals. And there are also many of them that you might find helpful. We talk about different suburbs and statistics, and we have very interesting guests on that show. So my point is get your knowledge from reputable media outlets. And please don't listen to any of those podcasts that are rich, quick schemes hosted by 20-year-olds with no socks on. Unfortunately, the property journey is not a very sexy uh, and quick one if you want to do it right. Take it easy, really think about the risks and uh, yeah, listen to podcasts to just really get yourself across the language of property and the art of things like negotiations and research into stratas, for example. Number six, please choose quality over quantity. I can't tell you enough, and I've said this many times before, go for very simple properties that have stood the test of time as opposed to something that's shiny and new. I have a rule within our business that we don't buy anything less than five years old when it comes to apartments uh, because you don't have enough knowledge of the build quality. And there isn't, it isn't without reason that we now have a building commissioner who is looking at all these new buildings across the state and finding that over 50% have major issues whether it is uh, on the level of structural issues in basements uh, on which the whole building stands or whether it's waterproofing or fire orders. It isn't just in Sydney, it's across New South Wales and I imagine across the country as the build quality has fallen and the margins for builders have fallen, go hand in hand, private certification. There's so many reasons why this is happening, but please don't take that risk. It's simply not worth it. So quality over quantity, that also goes hand in hand with location. If you really want to live in a particular suburb, but all you can afford is the main highway through that suburb, i.e. the yellow road through that suburb, please don't buy on it because it's going to hamper your capital growth. Your your nest egg is not going to grow at the same rate as everybody else's who live in quality locations within that suburb, which means you're actually losing your tread on the rung of the ladder because you're actually going to be left with, whilst you think you're making money, you're making less money than everybody else. And it also hampers your enjoyment of living. Who wants to live in an apartment or a house where you can't open the windows for fresh air because there's tension trucks racing past day and night? Think about those things. You're better off moving out a suburb or two even, but know that you've actually got a quality, quiet location. So that was number six. Number seven, much like getting a really good broker, you also need a really good conveyancer or solicitor. Again, they're not all made equal. We come across many of them. And I will tell you that, yeah, it's important to pick someone who is on your side, 
someone who is knowledgeable and who doesn't put, as we say in Holland, salt on every snail. It doesn't kill the deal by making so many changes or requesting so many changes to the contract just because they want to flex their muscle. They want to be commercially savvy as well and explain to you why they're asking for those changes on your behalf or recommending that we ask for those changes on your behalf. Again, same thing. If you don't have someone that you know is someone great, not just because Gary from the office bought a property once and thought that James was okay, so therefore you should use them, please don't do that. Get Look at Google reviews, look at the amount of business that they do, or, or get in touch with us. I'd be happy for you to, to, to pass you a list of people that are fantastic at what they do. Now, number eight is... You want to make sure that before you go out there, you start getting on everybody's mailing list. So I recommend you set up a dedicated email where all the agents will send out their listings, but all, most importantly, also their sold section. Very often after the auctions on a Saturday or midweek, they'll send out an email to their database and will have those sales that are undisclosed on the main portals. Quite often they will have the price in those emails. So make sure you are on those mailing lists. But yeah, I would recommend getting a separate email uh, account for that because you don't want to, you might get a few, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to end up with them all in your spam. And if you get a pre-market email, then you might be in before everyone else. So it's worth doing that. Point number nine would be get my inspection hack list. The checklist is on the website, the buyer's side website. You can download it. It has lots of helpful pointers about what to look out for when you're either inspecting an apartment or a house. Yeah, then you can make it. It's really a job. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, oh, you're really, you're like a project manager. It's a full-time thing and you've got to be very rigorous about it. Yes, you do. And therefore, maybe this inspection hack list might be just your thing. Going back to point number eight, when I said about the, the sales that are disclosed in those emails, maybe consider starting a spreadsheet just to see whether there's a, a running theme in terms of sales of if you're looking for a two-bedroom apartment, what do two-bedroom apartments generally in that suburb or even that particular building sell for? The more organized you are, the higher the chance of success. So you, you can't start too early with that. Point number 10, and I think this is the most important one. They're all important, but please do not buy an apartment without reviewing the Strata report. Do not buy a house without getting an independent building and pest report. And actually, if you are buying a strata, a strata apartment or townhouse, it's always good to get a, a building and pest on top of the strata as well. In theory, the strata fees, the levies that you pay per quarter are for the maintenance of the complex, but it, it's always good to get just a little bit of independent advice on what is actually happening in the apartment or uh, townhouse that you're looking at. So. A recommendation would be to get both and for a house, absolutely get an independent building and pest. If you're not familiar why I always say that, because the building and pest reports that are commissioned by the vendor and the agent are very scant on detail. In my experience, they are usually the franchised method, copy and paste kind of thing. They're very scant on detail, like I said. Uh, and they're paid for by the person who's trying to sell you something. So of course, they're not going to tell you that the place is going to fall down in three months with termites, which as a matter of fact, has actually happened to us this year where we looked at a house in the inner west and we got the building and pest because it's free. And we always had the intention of getting an independent one. 
that building a pest did not mention anything about termites, did not mention anything about the inadequacy of the roofing structure, which both things were picked up by our building and pest inspector immediately. And he actually did an SOS call to me and said, absolutely, please tell your clients to not buy this property. So we walked away not having spent $2.3 million on this particular house. But some other poor bugger did. And if they didn't get an independent building and pest, they're probably in for a rude awakening when uh, the roof starts uh, sagging in. Do yourself a favor. I know it's a cost, another cost in this property journey, but I personally think that you cannot skip this step. So I hope this top 10 has been helpful. These are my non-negotiables. My please do not break those rules. Do not go shopping without your wallet. Do your research. Buy quality. Get a quality team around you and do not skip any steps because you're making a huge financial decision. And why rush that? I read research somewhere where people spend more time researching what car they're going to buy than actually the research due diligence on a property. So please don't be that person. I hope you have an amazing Christmas with your loved ones. Eat lots of good food, have lots of nice drinks, enjoy the sunshine or the snow wherever you may be. And I look forward to having more episodes next year and hopefully help you on that road to property home ownership. Thank you for listening. It's been my absolute pleasure. Till next year. Mm-hmm.